This is The Podlight, a podcast by San Jose Spotlight dedicated to independent political and business reporting. I'm your host, editor Nick Preciado. On today's show, we're discussing a recently approved rule to require proof of vaccination for large events at city-owned buildings. Next time you go to a show at the Performing Arts Center or see the Sharks play at SAP Center, you'll likely need to show proof that you're vaccinated for COVID-19. That's the new rule for large events at city-owned facilities, which the San Jose City Council unanimously approved earlier this week. Joining me now to discuss this new requirement is reporter Lloyd Alaban. Hey, Lloyd. Hi. So, Lloyd, what exactly does this new rule require? Yeah, so attendees and staff of events of 50 or more people at city facilities, like the SAP Center or the Center for Performing Arts, will have to show proof of vaccination before they enter. A negative COVID test won't be accepted as a substitute. Uh, The requirement won't apply to those under 12 years old who aren't yet eligible for the vaccination. Uh, And it won't require that residents get the vaccination. It'll only require that people who are not vaccinated will not be allowed to attend these events. I see. Now, what the San Jose City Council passed earlier this week was an urgency ordinance. Does that mean this goes into effect right away? On, on paper, yes, but um, practically, like uh, in practice, it's unclear. Uh, city officials said they would give operators of city venues and people like in groups like uh, Sharks uh, that run the SAP Center sufficient time to enforce the mandate and notify event organizers to make sure that uh, they know the requirements and know what to look for uh, when they're looking for a proof of vaccination. Okay. And San Jose officials look to San Francisco's proof of vaccination mandate when considering a local requirement. What does San Francisco require and how does that differ from San Jose's new rule? So San Francisco's rules, uh, which in effect uh, earlier this month, uh, requires that people entering um, what it calls high contact indoor sectors places like bars, restaurants, and theaters uh, for proof of vaccination. Uh, That includes private businesses, unlike San Jose's requirements, which only apply to city-owned facilities. Uh, San Francisco has also required that attendees uh, 12 and up at events with 1,000 or more people show proof of vaccination, and uh, a negative COVID test won't uh, substitute for those requirements. And uh, someone on the council, however, are anticipating uh, some discussion that San Jose's mandate will uh, soon extend to private businesses, or at least they're uh, anticipating uh, a debate on on a future city council date to look at that, um, as well as looking at data from San Francisco to see how they've implemented it. Uh, For example, on Tuesday, uh, Dev Davis said she was looking forward to a robust, robust discussion on requirements for private businesses once uh, this comes back to council. I see. And do we know when that's coming back to council, or is that also unknown at this point? That's unknown at this point. Um, so the, the council has directed uh, city officials to do some more research before uh, they come back to the council. 
Okay. Now, at the council meeting earlier this week, uh, proceedings were disrupted for about an hour because some people were protesting this vaccination mandate or the requirement to show proof of vaccination uh, at large events at city-owned buildings. What happened there with the protesters? Yeah. So uh, very early in the meeting, uh, protesters, and a lot of them were unmasked, they uh, started yelling and interrupting some of the the opening uh, ceremonial events and um, also yelling council members who were sitting at the dais. Um, one city official um, who we spoke to estimates there were, were more than 100 uh, protesters who were uh, at the chambers. Uh, a lot of them had American flags and had signs um, that said messages like, uh, my body, my choice, or um, uh, no vax mandate. Uh, and uh, as the council meeting uh, continued and uh, more people started uh, yelling, uh, Mayor Licardo is, got uh, visually frustrated. He, he banged his gavel, you know, ordering people to be masked or they would be forced to leave. Uh, and he was greeted by uh, boos from the protesters in the audience. Um, and police had to escort uh, these protesters outside and they were only allowed to return inside if they agreed to wear masks. Uh, and uh, according to some reports, there were around uh, 100 people or so who, who remained outside because they didn't want to wear masks inside. I see. Now, I'd like to touch on something here that uh, seems to have happened. Uh, we got a word from that city official that uh, somebody was making offensive remarks to the Buddhist monk that was there to give an invocation at the start of the meeting. District 7 council member Maya Esparza, who invited the monk for the invocation, she actually put out a statement on social media during a recess in the meeting condemning what she says were racist, xenophobic, and bigoted comments from protesters towards this Buddhist monk. She also spoke about this during the council meeting. Here's what she had to say. This is the type of public discourse that has led to an increase in hate crimes, particularly in our Asian community. Today, we witness disrespect to a local religious leader in our community, something that both saddens me, but also makes me angry. This is not San Jose. We are better than that. So Sparza seems to be condemning the comments that these protesters allegedly said to this Buddhist monk. Um, we also heard from a city official who said that he heard some comments. I, Lloyd, do you recall what he told us? Yeah, uh, he uh, told us that there were some racist uh, comments uh, that were being spoken at uh, the, this monk, um, who this Buddhist monk, and uh, he told us that at least one of the protesters uh, asked the monk if he was Chinese, and. It's the implication there from the protester um, is that you know he believes that uh, that protester believes that the Chinese were responsible for uh, in some conspiracy to uh, release COVID nineteen. Uh, I'm sure that was what he was trying to imply. Um, and, and there were also some comments uh, from the public that referenced uh, the the monk and. Um, uh, his uh, ethnicity and his um, his faith. Uh, I believe w- one of the public uh, commenters um, said, I-, "I serve the one true living God, not Buddha," uh, and then proceeded to uh, talk about how uh, the vaccine uh, 
requirements were, were unconstitutional and, and that she wouldn't stand for it. So, uh, yeah, there, there were a series of uh, xenophobic and uh, racist comments that were uh, observed by the city official that spoke to us and, and uh, by Councilmember Esparza as well. Yes, and let's get into some of those comments. Uh, so the council devoted more than two hours to hear from the public about this proof of vaccination requirement, the majority of which spoke out against it. Do, do you have a tally for how many people spoke against it? I, it was at least 100. It was, it was a lot, <laughs> at least 100 people. Uh, let's hear what uh, one of these particular residents had to say during public comment. A vaccine mandate is a complete violation of our God-given liberties protected in the Constitution of the United States of America, and a vaccine requirement is a complete violation of people's religious convictions. This is complete tyranny masqueraded as safety, and you are trying to capitalize on and use people's fear of death to strip them of their God-given liberties. But it is the Lord Jesus Christ who came to liberate people of just that, the fear of death. So let, let's unpack this a bit. It seems to be that there's some kind of religious connotation tied in here with this vaccine mandate. Can you can you speak to this at all? What what does this have to do with the mandate? Yeah, there, there were several commenters uh, there who uh, referenced uh, Bible verses uh, as well as um, you know conspiracy theories uh, and misinformation um, that have spreaded uh, on the internet. Um, there were comparisons to uh, Nazi Germany uh, with this uh, vaccination, uh, uh, vaccination proof of vaccination uh, requirement. Um, at least two of the speakers uh, were pastors at a uh, local church, uh, I believe uh, Calvary Church, um, which has been uh, dinged a lot by the county for um, holding uh, services. Uh, in violation uh, of uh, indoor gatherings um, much earlier in the pandemic, I believe it was last year, uh, middle of last year. Um, and yeah, these some of these protesters were just angry that they couldn't uh, gather indoors um, during the, the early stages of the pandemic and, and saw this as a violation of their rights to worship and, and to gather and to do things like go to the grocery store or, or, or go to church. Uh, and they saw these uh, mandates for proof of vaccination as um, as that comment just said, is tyranny uh, on their uh, freedom to uh, gather. I see. Now, I'd like to touch on that bit of tyranny just before we move on. It, it seems to me that there was a fundamental misunderstanding by a lot of those public speakers last night about what exactly the city was approving. A lot of people were concerned that the city was going to require them or force them somehow to get the vaccine, and that is not what they approved. The city, what they actually approved was requiring proof of vaccination for large events of 50 or more people at city-owned facilities. So this has nothing to do with private businesses, at least not yet. Um, so, I mean, to me, this doesn't really sound like tyranny to me. This sounds like if you don't, you're not vaccinated or you can't show proof of vaccination to get to a Sharks game, then you can watch it on uh, the TV at home or you can go somewhere else and watch it where it's available. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it was interesting. Like the, a lot of the council members had to uh, state that, you know, several times that, that this wasn't a requirement for anybody to, to get vaccinated. It's just to basically show that. Uh, if you are uh, vaccinated, 
uh, you have to show proof and, and to enter these uh, events. Uh, and yeah, it, it, yeah to, to me, it, 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 you know, it, a lot of the, the comments were just misguided on, on that fact. Um, Right. And it, it's unfortunate on some level. I mean, it, I think it's great that regardless of where you stand on this issue, I think it's great that people are involved in the democratic process, that people came out and spoke and shared their feelings about this. What's unfortunate to me is that it just seems like it was a misunderstanding completely about what this is. And it, I still I just don't see how this is tyranny. That seems like an overreach. Uh, now, l- let's get into some other stuff here. So this proof of vaccination requirement for large events at city-owned buildings, though it received unanimous support from the council, it was first proposed by Mayor Sam Licardo last week. Uh, here's some of what he had to say about this requirement. The United States Supreme Court has been very clear on this issue. Constitution's very clear that in a pandemic, we can certainly take measures to protect the lives of individuals and, yes, treat people differently based on actions or omissions. Now, some of the protesters and the public speakers last night considered this we talked about tyranny already, but I feel like they were saying that this is unconstitutional or that somehow their rights were being violated. And I think, again, there's a fundamental misunderstanding happening here that this isn't a political decision or a decision to control people's bodies. This is a public health decision. This is a decision that people are making, or in this case, the government is making, local government, city government, making the case that they need to do what they can to protect residents. Um, I know Licardo also spoke briefly. Maybe you could touch on that, Lloyd. Licardo spoke uh, in between the recess uh, to just talk about this proposal and the opposition to it, the protesters that stormed the meeting earlier. Can, can you touch on what he said there? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, like, like you said, dude, um, he touched on the fact that there is precedent for this. Um, he, he cited a, a couple of Supreme Court cases Um and um, he has experience as, as a former prosecutor, and he he has law experience. So um, it, he was very well versed in in uh, breaking down what uh, what these protesters were, were getting wrong. You know, is that you know, there are no amendments in our constitution that are uh, absolute, um, uh, and um, th- this wasn't um, as these protesters said um, an, an issue of overreach, um, that there is precedent for this. Uh, and uh, Licardo, during uh, his uh, press scrum, uh, in the, during the council break, um, to you know, emphasize, like a lot of his colleagues, and like we discussed earlier, that you know, this is not a mandate for people to get vaccinated. Uh, this is a mandate for uh, people to show uh, proof of vaccination when they're entering uh, city-owned buildings. Uh, and um, yeah, that, that he cited some Supreme Court cases as well as um, our constitution. Uh, and Okay. Well, last question, Lloyd. Um, given that there's concern about COVID spread still with this more contagious Delta variant, where does the region currently stand when it comes to how many people are vaccinated and how many positive infections are currently happening? Yeah, so uh, according to numbers uh, from uh, this week uh, from the county, uh, approximately 81% of residents uh, in the county are fully vaccinated and around, uh, approximately 86% of people 
have gotten at least one dose of the vaccine. Uh, and uh, cases are rising because of the Delta variant, which is uh, part of the reason why um, Ricardo proposed this mandate in the first place. Um, uh, and we're at over 300 cases um, if we look at the seven-day rolling average from the county. Uh, and as a comparison, in May, about three months ago or so, that number was approximately 30, 29, 30. So um, if you do the math, that's around like 10 times uh, from now than what it was three months ago. Uh, and uh, a CDC study released um, just yesterday, uh, among, among all the chaos that we were covering, uh, uh, CDC released a study yesterday uh, where they looked at data uh, from LA County, and, and it showed that unvaccinated people are, are 20 time, 29 times more likely to be hospitalized uh, with COVID uh, compared to people who are vaccinated. Uh, and there has been some talk that this is the pandemic of the unvaccinated, and the data absolutely shows that. Um, the unvaccinated case rate um, here in the county is almost six times higher than those who are fully vaccinated. San Jose Spotlight is a community-supported, nonprofit news organization fueled by readers and listeners like you. You can support our work by becoming a sustaining member with a monthly or annual donation on our website, sanjosespotlight.com. That's it for this episode of The Podlight, a podcast produced by San Jose Spotlight, the city's first nonprofit news organization dedicated to independent reporting. I'm editor Nick Preciado. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week.